0: Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad to have you here this morning. The rain is starting to pass. It's supposed to be pretty this afternoon. Very thankful for today. And I'm thankful that we have another week after Easter, as you read in the bulletin if you haven't read it yet. that Though many people have gone about their ways and back to their traditions of once a year, Easter and Christmas, it is nice to... Celebrate the resurrection every Sunday mm-hmm. and every day. As we, we talked last week, the resurrection is the foundation of Christianity. Right. Yes, It is a close-handed issue. There is no, gee, I wonder if that happened or not. No, it is foundational to our belief system that this supernatural gift that we were given, that Jesus came back to life. And indeed he did if we, uh, I love when I when I sing. I kind of pay more attention to the words, I guess, than to my voice. But I love the says that uh, just one glimpse of Him and glory. This is in verse three. Just one glimpse of Him and glory when we all get to heaven. Will the toils of life repay? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be! And then it says. Uh, In, if you look at stanza four or verse four, I don't know what you call this music stuff. I'm not a musician. What is it called? Verse four. Mm-hmm. Onward to the prize before us. Listen, soon his beauty will behold. Now, when he was hanging on that cross, he wasn't very pretty looking. It looked like it was a bad deal, Right? we would not be saying soon his beauty will behold, but that's exactly what this song is referring to. Is. Soon his beauty will behold, not only a week or days after his resurrection, but also in the coming days. Soon, soon, loved ones, you and I will meet Jesus face to face. We're going to see a little bit this morning as we turn to Philippians chapter two, a little bit about the the, the, the Trinity. God the Father, and Jesus the Son, and The Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Holy Trinity, but one God. We can't understand that as human beings. You can try. And you can try to give different analogies and I have done so and I have failed. There is no good analogy here on earth that we can give, oh, we've got some and you've got some, but I can promise you none of them work because it is beyond comprehension. How can God manifest himself in three different ways but be one God? And for all of mankind, there have been discussions of whether or not God is pluralistic or monotheistic. We have one God, one creator. Listen, folks, God is so big, so divine, so complicated is the word that you and I have to have a way to understand God and God understands this as he manifests himself in different forms to us. Even when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't consider himself to be worthy of God, but considered himself lower than God. You think, well, how? how, He was God. You're right. Jesus is God. And that's another... Close handed issue. Jesus is God. Makes sense? Jesus isn't just the Son of God. Jesus isn't just the Son of man. Jesus isn't just some great philosopher or great teacher or rabbi that lived a moral life. And we can look at him like the Dalai Lama or any of these other people that uh, have lived righteous lives. No, no, no. He was much more, he's, he's God. And he, he came, God, Jesus wasn't made. He was begotten. He, he found himself in the, in the form of man. And, and, and he honored God in, in his life. And then when he, when we get to that part of the scripture, we know that Jesus promised that he would not leave us, but that he would give us a helper. The Holy Spirit, we didn't understand. All these things were mysterious to them, especially in the day, and they still remain mysterious to us today. But let me be clear, when we invite the Holy Spirit to be here with us, we're inviting God. God, the Holy Spirit, is a person of the Trinity. But it's the same God as Jesus, and the same God as the Father, But you and I both know as well that when Jesus walked the earth, he walked in the flesh. Some 2,000 years ago, he bodily was resurrected. He was with his disciples, with his friends, with the women, with the group, with the leaders, with the tax collectors, with the people that you and I probably would not want to hang out with. But he did it so that he could relate to you and I and that we could relate to him. This is the kind of God that we serve, one that can relate to us. And he couldn't be physically in the flesh all the time during our age because it doesn't fit. That was what he needed to be was then. And now he left us with his Holy Spirit. It's not any less or any more. It's exactly the same. Do you get it? The Holy Spirit, we, we don't give enough credit to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit is with us right now. The Holy Spirit is living in you right now. And you have the Holy Spirit if you have repented of your sins and turned to Jesus as your Savior. Okay? I always get a little agitated when I see, and I appreciate t-shirts and bumper stickers, but I, always, I just don't like the one that I see as Jesus is my co-pilot. No, 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 no. He's the pilot. <laughs> you and I are just passengers, okay? Yeah. He, he's in control. Even Carrie Underwood understood that when she said, Jesus, take the wheel. She sung that famous song that went to number one a decade ago. Take, Jesus, just take the wheel. I'm glad a week after Easter, I can still say to Jesus, you know what? You just take it. And we need to do that more frequently. Paul talks to this a little bit as we get into the second chapter of Philippians. You go turn with me there. I'm sure you're already there. I just want to read uh, the first uh, few verses there in chapter 2 all the way down to 11. This is Christ's example of humility. And Paul talks a little bit about to live in Christ in the previous chapter 1 and that there's going to be some complications, that there's do not be frightened by your opponents or by your enemies. And he says, so in Starting in chapter two, verse one, he says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, this is tongue in cheek. He he means, he doesn't mean this. What he's really saying is there is encouragement in Christ. He's being a little sarcastic here. He says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, and we know that there is, right? So we know that there's encouragement in Christ. He says, "If if there's any comfort, and again, it's being sarcastic, he, because there is comfort in Christ, he says. and any comfort from from love, well, yeah, we all want to be loved. We want to be comforted. He says. Any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy. He goes on. He says that any of these things, and he's being saying all of these things. Really, he's not saying do they exist. He says that they do exist, and as a result, he says, complete my joy by being. Of the same mind. Having the same love. So he's saying. Imitate Jesus. There is comfort in the cross. There is. Comfort in the love and the knowledge of Jesus. And there is encouragement. Folks. Some of you have had some pretty rough roads to travel. And I understand. I can't. Understand and like, because I haven't lived it. I've had my own roads and my own gardens to hoe. Some people have had some really difficult roads. Remember this passage of scripture. There is hope, there is encouragement in Christ. We all need to be reminded of that that there is encouragement in Christ. And in your prayer time, and in your down times, or even in your high times, you would do well to remember that and dwell on those words. That's why it is important that we read scripture regularly. Memorize some scripture. It doesn't get you to heaven. It just helps you when you're here. It helps a lot. Because if we're easily influenced by today's world, and it's very easy to get negative, it's very easy to be very pessimistic rather than optimistic, Is your glass half full or half empty or halfway to the next one? Right? How do you look at life? Well, Paul is saying, if there is encouragement in Christ, if there's any comfort in love, if there's any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy to be seen, then complete my joy by being of the same mind and having the same Love being in full accord of one mind. And there's, folks, there's always multiple sermons in a set of scriptures. This one also is talking about unity in the church body. i just talking about you individually having comfort and love and encouragement. Paul is really encouraging in this context, the Church of Philippi, to say, listen, I need you to move forward with unity to love and encourage and to have each other's backs because Lord knows you're going to screw up. And none of you are perfect. And about the time we come down on somebody for their misgivings, careful, you're next. <laughs> Learn to love unconditionally and to forgive boy I think we learned a lot from watching Jesus on the cross as he unconditionally loved those who put him there then we get into a whole another sermon here on the sovereignty of God but I'm not going to go there I want to stick with this humility and Verse 3 of chapter 2 of Philippians. Do nothing then from selfish ambition or conceit. And yours probably says from selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, count or consider others more significant than yourself. Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Folks, I've said it before, We, we live in a world, and maybe it's a Western culture thing. We are taught and told time and time again, look out for number one, you. Everything is about you, right? You know, we got face creams and lip balm and we were talking on the way over about this lip balm she has and We got so many things that make us look better and smell better, and which is all good and well, but it's all geared towards you as the consumer and me. Got to look good, got to feel good. There's nothing. There, there is no written rule that says you've got to feel good every day. That's a lie. (laughs) That is a lie. And unfortunately, a lot of us base our emotions on what we perceive our life should be rather than what our life actually is. Paul is encouraging us and God is encouraging us in all of this. When we think that way, it's very selfish. You're exactly where God wants you right now. Even if you're in the middle of a crisis or maybe you just made a bad decision. Let me tell you something again. I can't say it enough. You do not catch God by surprise. He died for that sin too. That's not an excuse to continue sinning. So the critics who listen, I'm not not condoning sinning, but I am saying God forgave that sin too. Whatever it is that someone has done to you personally, want you to have the bigger 30,000 foot view that God forgave that person on the cross as well. That's tough. It's tough to forgive somebody when they've done us wrong, isn't it? Because we want to win. We want to be right. And it's in our nature to just get revenge. There's an old saying, I don't get revenge, I get even. <laughs> that's evil. That's not, that's not God. And folks, God does not work that way. God does not work that way. Listen, when you do something bad and something bad happens to you, that's not God punishing you. Be careful with that. Now God will discipline us, but we have a tendency to think, hey well, I did this, now God's going to do this. Stop. No word in scripture doesn't say that. I also, nowhere in Scripture does not say if I do this, then God's going to reward me. No, it doesn't say that at all. I give hundred dollars today, and tomorrow I'm going to get a, a check in the mail, magic for hundred fifty dollars. Doesn't say that. It doesn't say I'm going to have I'm not going to struggle paying my bills at the end of the month because I'm human. I live on this. It doesn't say that. What it does say though is if there is any encouragement in Christ, and there is. And that's where you put your faith. There's times when all of our lives feel like they're falling apart at times, right? Paul is reminding us. God is reminding us. Let each of you not only look to his own interest in verse four, but also to the interest of others. There it is. Folks, I've been the recipient of this and you are phenomenal at taking into account the interest of others. I hope that is your call outside the walls. It's becoming increasingly more and more difficult to care about other people because there are so many demands on us individually, aren't there? And it's kind of designed that way. Julie and I were meeting with a gentleman yesterday and one of the topics was, you know, we're just, we'll do this when we get done with You know, our PhD. We'll do this when we get done with the kids in college. We'll do this when I get through my audit. We'll do this. Folks, if if you wait, there's always going to be something else. So how do we love God, love others, take care of others, when we feel like all we have to do is take time for ourselves just to get through the day? Some of you are struggling with foot pain and neck pain and back pain and emotional pain, whatever it may be. And that in itself is enough for me, right? One of the quickest ways, I'm just going to give you, this is not in the maybe it's in the Bible. One of the quickest ways to get out of your doldrums, to feel better about yourself, is to do something for somebody else. There it is. Some little Notice that with people. But I will warn you, as we read in Scripture once before, maybe it was last week or the week before, if you serve others okay, with a willing heart, with the expectation of getting something back, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Many people will not react. Many people will not say thank you. That is not an excuse to not to continue to serve them. If you go to visit somebody in a nursing home and they're unable to respond or to a hospital, maybe they're in hospice care, that doesn't mean they don't hear you. It doesn't mean that you don't need to be there. It doesn't you're not getting anything, but you're there. Keep going. Keep asking. Keep talking. Keep praying. You do something good for somebody, don't go tell somebody you did something good for him. Keep it to yourself. God loves a quiet mouth. God loves for us to do things behind the scenes. Don't do it for your glory. Do it for the glory of God. So verse four, let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. He says in verse five of Philippians chapter two, have this in mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus. Listen, this is a a very significant piece of scripture. He's saying, have this mind, whose mind? The mind of Christ, the mind of God, the mind of the Holy Spirit. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours. If you have in your humility, listen, in your arrogance, perhaps, You've come to a relationship with Jesus. You've repented and turned to him and said, you know what, I am tired of this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to believe anymore. But I'm turning to you, Jesus. reveal yourself to me. Come to me. He stands at the door knocks. And those who let him in, he'll come in and dine. God is pursuing you right now. Let him in. And it may, maybe it wasn't some... Maybe you don't have some tragic story to give and there was this, oh, this awe-inspiring moment, but you know you gave your life to Christ, you received Him, you're, you're cognizant of Him, but you live your life and you go, I don't feel saved. That's probably a good question to, to say. I don't feel saved. Because I've got news for you. Somebody who's not thinking about God, somebody who's lost, somebody who is not asking that question at all, it's kind of like I used to have a friend who's a psychologist. And I said to him, I just feel like I'm, I'm crazy. I never been in my 20s and I just everything going on. and making decisions, doing this and that. He said, I think I'm going nuts. He goes, the fact that you can say to me you think you're going nuts or you're crazy tells me you're not nuts or crazy. It's an awareness that you have, right? I think he was wrong. But. When you begin to have the doubts, friend, let me tell you something from experience. That is the evil one trying to get in your business. That's right. okay. No, you have encouragement and comfort, participation of the Spirit through Jesus through your faith in Him and Him alone. Okay. Doesn't mean it's going to be an easy road. So he encourages us. He goes on again, I'll continue with verse five and then to six, having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. He says, who in verse six, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. And there it is. Jesus himself did not count equality with God. A thing to be grasped. Here's Jesus. Here's God in the flesh. He himself says. Counting equality with God the Father. Is not something that can be grasped. He couldn't lay hold. That part of Jesus was the man. Jesus was fully human. And fully divine so he felt and went through all of that which you and I have gone through and are going through but he also has a larger perspective to know see Jesus doesn't just have faith he knows Jesus is the uh, Jesus is the focus of our faith Jesus is who we have faith in When Jesus was here on the earth, even he he humbled himself and found himself in the form of a man and not be able to grasp God. So we can't comprehend that, can we? It's so hard. I can't think of a good way to put it except that God is awesome. God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son, not created son, God, Jesus wasn't created. God, Jesus didn't just make Jesus. God didn't make Jesus and send him to earth. No, 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 it didn't work that way. God came to earth. Yet, because God's so big, he's still in control of the universe and he's still with us and Jesus is with him because Jesus is God and God is the Father and they're all the same and then they're up there and now we have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that sounds crazy. That's what's cool about the Bible is as we talked about all the witnesses and the testimonies given in the Bible about women. And we hear some of the, the bad news and we think, why would you put that in? there as a testimony to make us believe in Jesus. with It's riddled with all these. That's exactly why. Because God always gives us the truth. He doesn't try to make it look better than what it is. He says, here's what it is. I know that you don't understand that I'm God the Father. I'm also the Son. I'm the Holy Spirit. I know you don't understand that, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm one God. Here we go on to find out more about Jesus and this, this manifestation of Jesus himself, God in the flesh. He emptied, this is verse 7, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. God chose to empty himself and take the form of a servant. Holy mackerel. Oh, man. I mean, I... <laughs> I, I can't even conceive of that. The, creation, the The creator of all of us came to visit us in the form of flesh to die on a cross all of that was by decision. All of that was planned. All of that was prophesized. Everything that they said was going to happen has happened. Everything they say is going to happen is going to happen. I don't think I, if I were a betting man, I'd go the other direction on that one. He emptied himself, took in the form of a servant... In verse 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. Not just death, but a nasty death. Really bad death. Wasn't going to look so good for those folks on that day, but pretty bad. There was no hope. But the sky was dark, the veil was torn. From top down, the thunder cracked, the earth shook. Jesus died. It is finished. It is done. He surrendered his soul. It was his choice at that moment, at that very second of time, the perfect time and place, he died for you. Can you imagine what it would be like today if Jesus had come to the earth today with the way we cover society and media there would be many, many more lost souls than there already are. I'm thinking about doing a, a book or something on modern day battle, modern day Tower battle today. We pump ourselves up, we lift ourselves up to be like God in every which way we possibly can as a community, as a society, as a world. We just keep building the tower higher and higher and higher. We've got all this communication, all these satellites. We know I have all this knowledge and we're not any closer than God than we were 2,000 years ago. In fact, if anything, we're further away. It's a modern day Tower of Babel right here in America. We think we're so smart. We think we're God. We think that all roads lead to heaven. I'm telling you, folks, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Amen? And I know that sounds narrow-minded, but it is the truth. And it says in verse 9, because of this, because of this death, because even death on the cross, we'll finish out here. It says, therefore, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name bestowed on him, not you, bestowed on him. Who? Jesus. The name above all names, he says, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every living creature will confess now or later Jesus is Lord and they will bow to Jesus. Those who have already gone before us know that to be absolutely 100% True. And it is true. There's a much better place. And we'll talk about heaven another time. But thank you for being with us this morning. It's a glorious to celebrate one week after Easter. We can celebrate the Lord's resurrection. He's here. He's with us. His Holy Spirit is with us. He's present with us. He's no different today than he was then. And he's here for you. And he's here for me. Okay? God, I love you and so much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your Holy Spirit to be present with us here just like you were present with the disciples in the day. You have your Holy Spirit and you're with us right now. We embrace that. We we welcome you. Come home with us, Lord God. Guide us. You are our pilot. You take the wheel. You take the controls, Lord. You are in charge, Lord. And may we experience you in our walk daily as we look for you. We invite you in, Lord. May we be a people that are willing to daily say, Lord God, Help me, show me, lead me. And we know that you indeed will. We just need to ask. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.